0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Lauren Ree right here on the Lauren Rhee live show on Water Ice Radio. And I got my boy, the Gentleman here. What's up, Jay?
1: What's up? What's up? Happy to be back.
0: Yes, we are back, everybody, in virtual land. Virtual
1: land. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, we're just really at home. We just decided to do the backgrounds tonight.
1: Word. <laughs>
0: Speaking of which, uh, Jay, what's this background you got going on?
1: Oh, it's my logo, you know what I'm saying? Jay- I, tried last, I tried it last week with an event um and i, I was just like let me just see what it looks like so i just kind of like left it up <laughs> it looks cool
0: nice i love it so everybody yeah. knows Jaded gentleman you guys got to check his stuff out he is the host with the mostest he does all the good stuff um make sure you guys check out his website um but right now he is going to be my co-pilot as usual um for his a- episode of the larry live show so you guys um we are still home kind of in quarantine and we just said that we were going to get back at it and start getting you guys back the heavy hitters, the movers and shakers in our area. And tonight is a really special show because um, I would love to say he's the first bison on the show, but he isn't. We actually had another power alum on this show. Um, but he is a very close and dear friend to mine. And he has a really good um, organization right now called Positive Deposits, um, where they are transforming lives, to cha- um, transforming minds to save lives um it is a cancer organization and he is actually a two-time cancer survivor as well and so without further ado i'm going to be introducing my best friend a uh, ceo and founder of pilotedeposits.org presley nelson everybody
2: yay <laughs> Hi, what up what up what up
0: what's up welcome Press to the show
2: welcome to the show hey, we, we quarantine huh yeah <laughs> so we've been We've
1: been talking about having Fred come on for a while. I know, man.
0: I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah. I'm probably going to get tons of flack for that.
2: Oh. Oh, yo, Jay, yeah. man. I said, look, I, saw, I was just waiting my turn. I'm just like, I ain't going to say i You <laughs> saying, I'm like, I'm and then they just keep going and going. I was like, you know what? Year after year after year. I, I'm like, you know, it's all good. You know, she's she blowing up. No, you
0: know, it's not, not that. But did I pick the best time, though?
1: Timing is everything. Timing timing. is everything.
0: All right. Patience, patience. So (laughs) so this was definitely the best time to have you on the show, uh, Press. Um, To give everybody just a little bit of background, um, talk to us about your story with having cancer.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those that don't know, um, I'm a Presley Nelson, Jr., you know, two-time cancer survivor. And I love talking about my journey. You know, I think that it's a, me and Lauren, we talk about this all the time. You got to, you know, wear your mat. And um, cancer is one of my mats. You know, I have various mats. But um, so let's get into it. I was diagnosed in 2012, um, CBC, uh, which is Congressional Black Caucus. And um, I started to know... Um, have some side effects as I found out, um, where I was actually having, um, enlarged lymph nodes on my neck and, uh, excruciating oh. pains of headaches. And, um, I rushed to the, the hospital that night because I was partying and I was just like, yo, this ain't nothing, man. And, um, what ended up happening is, is that the doctor said you have a massive size of this. Like, wow. Like, wait like, like this. If y'all can see. So like, yeah. a tumor. and when I heard mass, I was just like automatically cancer. Um, but he said, you can't go anywhere. And so um, after they did the biopsy um, and I was in the hospital for about a week, they diagnosed me with what is called large, uh, large B-cell lymphoma. And so that's Hodgkin's. Um, and that's Hodgkin's really only talks is really pertaining to like the type of cells that it affects. And so, um, man, that was, it was, it was life changing because I never knew that I would get cancer at the age of 29. Now, mind you, a month n- later will be my 30th birthday. So welcome to 30 when you got cancer. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, it was a journey. It was, um, the, the chemo was very aggressive. Um, I lost eyebrows. I mean, I ain't have none of this. Uh, hair, you lose hair everywhere, and I'm not trying to get too tame on, but everywhere. And um, it was it was one of those things that when I when I was in that hospital, um, that hospital bed, I, I literally just said, "All right, God, you've got me through all these other storms and journeys. You can get me through cancer." And so, I had to have a men- mental shift to be able to fight through oh. each bag of chemo. Now, I'll tell you, uh, sitting in a chair for about four hours, getting all this poison put in you, (laughs) it'll drive you crazy. It doesn't doesn't sound fun at all. (laughs) Oh, it's not, not at all.
0: So can we talk about that really quick? So, um, you get diagnosed, well, you're in the hospital for a week, you get diagnosed, um, and then I I, I take it that the doctors start going through with you what your plan is going to be to get rid of the cancer. so correct me if I'm wrong, but the, um, the the chemo that you were taking was a very strong dosage of chemo, because it, it was a very aggressive cancer, is that correct?
2: Yeah, uh, it's called r you know, that's archop. This is probably one of the most aggressive uh, chemotherapies because the mass was growing at a 60 to 70% rate. So Whoa. it just keeps on growing and if you don't treat it, so I had to make a choice with the doctor now mind you before that i had to get a port so for those that don't know a of cap is a little small little cap button that they put in your chest where you'll receive the chemotherapy mm-hmm. um but i had to make the decision if i was going to get chemo or not now i was going to be selfish i was like it's my 30th birthday i'm trying to turn up like i'm not trying to get uh you know cancer <laughs> cancer treatments what like but the doctor was like you can do that you can wait but we don't know how 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 it's going to spread,
1: right? Yeah.
2: So I, I manned up and uh, I made the decision to start chemo. I had my first chemo treatment October fourth, um, so, twenty twelve.
0: So you made this story sound real simple. Got diagnosed, took some chemo, and then there, right? But it had to be some stuff in the middle, right? Yeah, so no You're going, you just turned 30, you're going through chemo. Um, I know you had a really strong support system, but there still has to be times where you're like, shit, I have cancer. Um, So talk to me about that mental process.
2: So um, the first time that I had, um, it really hit me is I was at work and I was in the break room and I was just chilling. Now, now, mind you, I'm supposed to be at home. I'm like, I don't want to stay home. I want to keep it moving. Um, and I was on break, and then I just just grabbed, just like, was scratching my head. And all of a sudden, it was like I gave myself a, a, my own haircut, and a patch of hair was in the palm of my hands. I just, I, mm. my heart just stopped, uh-huh. and I literally just started like really crying because I'm like, what the hell just happened? Um, they got real. Yeah, it got real, real. And so, not only did I panic, but I didn't know, really know what to do. And so I told my boss, I was like, "I gotta go." And he was like, "Why you gotta go?" I was like, "Look at this." And he he was like, "Oh." So I left, but in the car ride to the barbershop, I just had a moment. You know, it was one of those things like, "This is really real." And I remember um, one of my close friend's mom who had breast cancer told me, she was like, just cut off your hair, just just do it now, because otherwise it's it's gonna come out. And I was like, no, I'm good. And that moment was there. But also too, like every time that I would go through like the treatments, that feeling of being empty, that feeling of being like somebody just poured acid down my throat. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go to sleep and not think about it, you know? And then the side effects of waking up, you can't taste anything. You know, I gotta think about I gotta think about what it tastes like. Oh that will drive you crazy. Like just think about like your favorite food and you can't taste it. And then you try to, and I mean I'll say it, smoke weed, you try to get hungry, you know, because you lose sense of appetite, but then after a while, it just its like it ain't the same. Um <laughs> To so what you were asking, Lauren, I had my own ritual inside, you know, the bathroom. You know, um, actually, no, that's the second time. But, um, but still, like, those moments in the shower were my times where I, I cried a lot. And it was tough, and try to hold on to this, this pain, because it didn't get easier. Every, every treatment, even afterwards, it got harder and harder. And I had to still keep pushing myself and then I started to look more sick and sick and I didn't even look like myself. So um it was a bitch. I'm sorry, excuse me. It was, it was, it was really hardcore um grind time because I had to keep it up. But with the support system and help, just even calling you, you was like, yo, know, tripping. And I was like, nah, it's real.
0: It's so funny yeah. that you say that because um, I remember exactly where I was the day you called me and told me that you had cancer. I knew it, I was at work and you were like, I got to talk to you about something. I could tell it was serious. And I was just like, oh, he didn't got caught up with you, John, or something like that. Like, I know. <laughs> and no, uh, you were like, no, sis, this is like serious. So, like, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to walk outside or whatever. And you told me, and I immediately, broke down crying because come on let's keep it real y'all every time you hear cancer you automatically think someone's gonna die it's it yeah it's right.
1: over yeah so, exactly.
0: and you're like no 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 not now i don't care that right now. so i had to as a um a person in the community in the support center right um you have to switch gears because exactly. you have to be able to be in control of your emotions because the other person on the other end is really going through something and all you're there is just to be the support system, you know? You so, it. um, I remember those phone calls and it was just like, I just need to be here to listen. I'm not here to, you know, I may hang up and cry and I, and I did a couple of times, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, that that's what it is. then when you're in that, you know, the village and the, the support system. And,
2: and that was important that you just listen, you know, um, that we just sometimes as cancer patients at the time just need someone just to listen and and create that safe space not a space where it, it ends up being more sorrow like then you're gonna die oh my god like just a space for us to like just vent or even cry and, and just be uh be in that moment because you don't you don't know until you go through yeah. the treatments. You don't know until you go through the side effects. You don't know you go to when you have like there was times where people are like, "Oh, you you shaved off of your head," and I'm I was afraid to tell them at times I was going through cancer because I didn't want to have to go down the road of you're about that's- to die. I was like, yeah. I'm the MJ thing. I got the baldy. <laughs> I'm that's I'm I'm shooting from you know what uh-huh. I mean outside the perimeter, but. Those are the times where I, I wasn't as comfortable with allowing certain people in, especially so like how, I, yeah. how,
1: how long, how long did it get, how long for you, did it take for you to get to that point where you're like, all right, guys, like, this is what's happening, like to
2: outside of your support system. Because I, I got tired of everybody, like, they saw that obviously I had hair, eyebrows, and all of a sudden now I don't have it. And yeah. then I was like, what's wrong with having cancer? You know, mm-hmm. what's what's wrong with it? You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And I think the more that I started to talk about it, the more that I started to get comfortable. People that were calling me were like trying to come and cheer me up and they were like, damn, you cheer me up, you know, like mm-hmm. because I was so positive. So when that when I turned that gear on after all my hair went out. I was at the mayor's like when mayor bowser um like got inaugurated or whatever for dc i was tuxedoed up and everything you see what i'm saying like i was at bar seven throwing happy hours for cancer you know awareness you know like it was a soul survivor happy hour at bar seven let's do it me with my uh side effects of cancer like my picture on there you know just to you know raise awareness and so it got it definitely got easier but what really hit was so, so you know, like after four treatments, then you're kind of like, if you're good, like meaning your scans are good, because I had to do a lot to protect my um, body. Um, your white blood cells come down once you have chemo, so you mm-hmm. can't get another dose of chemo until your white blood cells go up. Um, there's a shot that costs five thousand dollars a pop, just one shot
1: that's insane.
2: Called Nulasta, you get it, it, it helps you. Um, For not, you know, getting a cold, because if mm-hmm. your white blood cells are down, those are the immune system. You call for right. me, not saying you got, you know. Uh, That's your you
1: defense know, system.
2: Yes, defense system. So mm-hmm. um, after taking, after you, I got through the fourth treatment, they were like, oh, you're good, but you got to finish the rest. I was like, well, I got to finish the rest. And when I tell you when your body is rid of the cancer and you still have to take that chemo, when I tell you I had to, I I was driving myself. I literally every single time had to pull over like at least four or five times before I got home and I'm throwing up dry heaving. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing in my stomach and, and I have to, cause you can't eat. You really can't eat before you go to treatment.
1: yeah, Right.
2: Those were the most painful moments ever, you know? And so when on January 13th, the last treatment, I mean 17, excuse me, the last treatment, I was like, thank God, you know, thank God. Because what, so you,
1: you said you said you're a two-time survivor. Oh, yeah. That was only that was only the first time. That was that was the
2: first time. Oh my God. So <laughs> well, then the second journey, how did that work? So one thing of once you hit your five year after remission, that's like you're supposed to be free. Right? Okay. So 2013. April, 2018, I'm like, yo, I'm about to go on a 40 day fast. I'm about to, you know, take all these sweets out. You know, I got a sweet tube. So, and sugar is not good for cancer anyway, but I'm still eating my Cinnabons and stuff, you know, like, I don't care. (laughs) Um, I went on this diet regimen. And so I was like, I was at it working out things of that nature. And I started to shred real fast. I was like, oh, it's working. Um, um, I went to my line brother's wedding in Florida. Um, Joe, his wedding, you know, um, and I was I, I thought I had a cold. So I was just really like cold sweats and things of that nature. I'm not thinking nothing of it, you know. And um so go to the wedding. I take night quill, all that stuff, and but I'm still coughing and just like feeling like, you know, they like, dang, you lost so much weight. So mind you, I was at like 175. I was at 140, 140, But I'm thinking wow. the fasting, right? The fasting and things, the working out, and things of that nature. That's I'm, a big difference. That's a huge difference. But I'm like, dang, this works. I need to do this all the time. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, I went to the doctor to like just do some blood work, you know, just in general. And then the doctor left a note to the receptionist of like, you have to get an ultrasound on your liver. And I'm like, I gotta get an ultrasound with my liver. And so, you know, at that point I was just like, so why did I get that? So I got the ultrasound, right? And um, they were like, well, you have lymph nodes on your liver. Damn. So I'm like, well, hold on. What do you mean I got lymph nodes on my liver? They were like, it's bulky lymph nodes on your liver. And, um, but it should be okay. It should be okay. It's not. It's nothing serious. Um, literally a month in July, I started to like cough a lot, like cough, keep coughing, but my chest wasn't hurting, but I was coughing and coughing and coughing. And um, I knew it was real because I was in a board meeting with managers, regional president come in. Now mind you, regional president, you want to be on your best behavior. You know, you're like, so I'm trying to get the next promotion. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> So on the, um, while he was talking, I kept coughing, right? And I'm, and I'm sure he's like, yo, and I'm trying to control the cough, but he's like, yo, I mean, what's up with this dude? I'm trying to you know, deliver some inspirational you know, things to him, to the, this group, and I'm coughing. Went home, ended up dry heaving and coughing so much that you know, um, uh, my wife at the time had to rush me to the hospital. Wow. Was in the hospital, they couldn't figure out what it was. They couldn't figure out what it was. I literally stayed in the hospital for another week. No, actually they sent me home and I had to come back. But I sat in there for a week and they were like, maybe it's an infection. Do a, do a biopsy, nothing they can't find, nothing. Do another biopsy. And then it's like, well, now you got, not only on your liver, but you got stuff on your spleen too. What? So we started, we started with the liver, now in the spleen. So they're pricking me, they're like charging me for everything. So when you get a wristband and they start clicking, that means they start writing more bills. Right. Um <laughs> and like that's what that's what's happening. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. Another four hundred dollars, another hundred dollars. By the way, hospital staying in a hospital for a week is already like twenty five G's easy. Um twenty five G's or twenty five
0: hundred.
2: Twenty-five G's. No. Wow. We'll
0: get it. So let We'll get into on. that. We'll get into <laughs> that. yeah. Yeah, we'll get into but, that. um. That. So
2: so basically, Jay. Um. After being in the hospital, being pricked and all that, they finally took another biopsy and they found out that I had stage four uh, lymphoma. And and when stage four lymphoma, it's in four places: my liver, spleen, and both sides of my chest. So this whole entire, yeah. So in this whole entire time i wasn't i was sick but i was literally dying literally at joe's wedding i was going through the the spreading of cancer wow messed my head up man i i literally i literally was so messed up man because not only did i thought it was over after the five-year anniversary i gotta go through this shit again And, it, and stage four, like, the first time was large B-cell stage one. Stage four, though? Yeah. Yo, I I got depressed a little bit, man. Right. And, and, so, and so...
1: It's, it's got to be a deflating feeling to be like, five years, I'm cool, and then yeah. start feeling some type of way. And then to find out that it's stage four, which is work, like, you're, you're like, fuck, I got to do this again. Yeah, man. It's yeah. deflating. Yeah. So
0: at that point, you hear stage four. um, And most cancers don't have a stage after four, right? So are you in your head like, all right, I'm going to beat this like I beat the first time? Or are you automatically in the space of, let me start getting my affairs in order?
2: You know, what's crazy is that, like, so I legally got married, right? And. May, right? So I'm like, Barry, we were keeping it a secret, you know, try to do the whole whatever. But then I got hit with cancer again. My whole, I didn't care about the marriage Mm. because I cared about surviving once again. But I didn't even know, like, how to, I I knew how to approach it because it's funny, uh, there was a sermon that my pastor was talking about, like, once you go through something and you know how you defeat it, you, You know how to defeat it again, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. But this time I was just like, I don't care about anything else, but I got to beat this even worse because I'm at four, stage four. So I I result to leaning on the friends and people that even some people I was supposed to cut off. I'm going to just keep it 100, you know. And um, I had to fight even bigger and better this time. You know, now granted, the chemo, the treatment wasn't as aggressive, but mentally I had to prepare myself once again to sit in this chair, get this chemo and still feel like everything is okay. Mm. And that's the part that it, having it again in in the worst, in a different form, not as aggressive, but another again, like it started to strip. A layer of me. I felt like a, 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 you know how a butterfly is in a cocoon?
1: Mm-hmm. I felt
2: back in a different cocoon, but like it just started to just the strip and I was dying a little bit to become this butterfly, but it w- it took a little bit longer for me to process. So,
0: how long was this treatment?
2: This, this so cycle? The first, yeah, the, so the first time it was six treatments every three weeks. Like, so every three weeks. This one was bi weekly, so 12. Wow. Let me do 12. Wow. So
0: so about
2: radiation almost, as well um so no i didn't i didn't require radiation during this time you know but that's almost 48 bags of chemo that's insane
0: all right so let's switch gears a little bit so yeah. you talked about one shot that cost five thousand dollars just so that you don't get a cold right yes. then you just talked about staying in the hospital for a week and you, i thought you meant 2400 you meant twenty-four thousand 20,
1: dollars.
0: Twenty-five um, thousand. Yeah. First of all, like I need twenty-five sacks right now, and I will be <laughs> loan-free, right? So just to for just to stay in a hospital for a week. Um, and this is someone who's going through stage for a cancer, you have to worry about the financial piece of it as well. Um, talk talk about that a little bit, like, but you're working, you have health insurance, right?
2: Yeah. Um, Thank, shout out to Wells Fargo they got, some of the, they got some of the best Insurance on the map I don't care what's in the news You see what I'm saying But is, I don't care Yes, I don't care That insurance is all that um, wow. Because my deductible was All I had to do was pay like $4,000 But look wow.
0: but, but before the, I mean 4000 compared to what you just said But what about the, the folks that Don't even have that you
2: know what I mean? Um, and and I we talk for-
0: a lot about preventative stuff too, like going to yeah. your checkups and stuff like
1: that. I mean, because you're you if you tally everything up, you're close to almost a hundred
2: grand. More than that, it's almost yeah. like like one seventy five, and that's cause oh wow. No chemo treatment alone is expensive. All right, so I didn't even factor that in. So yeah, about two hundred grand then. Almost two hundred grand, but I only had to wow. pay out of pocket. Right. Four thousand. Right. So yeah, I mean, and shoot, I ain't gonna lie. That. I didn't even have that. Luckily, I had good credit. <laughs> right, I put that thing right on the card.
0: <laughs> but, at least,
2: but at least I had the 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 amount to cover it. But if I didn't have it, I would be like some other people. Doesn't matter what race you are—black, white, Hispanic—that go bankrupt and because of medical bills. Some yeah. people mm-hmm. have to put their house. You see what I'm saying mm-hmm. for medical bills. So. I I tell anyone, check your insurance and don't be cheap. I know it's, I know it comes out your check, but you get what you pay for. Right. And, um, but also too, like now I signed up Wells Fargo, just did something even more better. See, that's why I'm trying to stay. with Wells Fargo that (laughs) they have, they offer cancer insurance. Oh, wow. Wow. So just in case it comes back again, I put a claim in, they'll give me, you know, what I need for that deductible up to mm-hmm. like $15,000. Wow. Right? wow. That's on top of having the other insurance, you know, so um, insurance is, is key because they that's why some people just don't even deal with the hospitals because they can't afford it. That bill we, comes we, in the mail.
1: We, yeah, we had a we had a conversation with a friend of mine, um, shout out to Dr. Fonseca, and we were talking a little bit about, about healthcare and how it's hard to navigate it let alone you know understand what you're signing up for or what you get or what you have to pay for <laughs> or whatever it's a whole you know there's different ways to go through it and it's just a lot for people and on top of that they have their illness or whatever they have to go yeah. through mentally to go through that stuff so it's and a I, lot
2: and i think you just got to read like I, I know people say you don't want to read please read every single thing you just signing up just be, read because you might sign up for coverage and it don't cover those expenses it mm-hmm. doesn't cover those things that like when you get sick, you know. Like, I mean, I go to, I have Kaiser with Wells Fargo. I never pay for medicine because mm-hmm. I, I, I read that they were like, oh, all your prescriptions are good.
1: So yeah. you, so you had to start your your treatment up again. You said about every two weeks you're getting chemo, uh, chemo treatment, correct? Yeah. Um. So then, what? So what happened after that?
2: <laughs> so uh, February seventh. That's uh, next Sunday. So. The two-year anniversary um, of me being in remission. Um, nice. Yeah, I. Um, after that, man, I had to. It. It was hard for me, man, because not only was um, I just finished treatment, but then I had, you know, a ceremony for a wedding and things of that nature. Um, but I had, I had this vision, right, of starting a nonprofit, and I thought it was going to be for like financial literacy. It was going to be called lucrative minds and, you know, to teach younger kids in the, in the black community, how to manage money, you know, stocks mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But I, the re it, it couldn't happen because I looked up the name and somebody already had it like in, um, I think like Oregon or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I really just sat with God and I was just like, you know, you've already blessed me once, blessed me twice. And, and I even say, during the treatment, they had—I was doing so well. They—they they removed one of the bags of chemo because I didn't need it because I was going doing so well. Um, so thank God for that. But then he put it on my heart. And he was like, "You need to do something for cancer survivors.
1: You—you
2: mm. you are able to share your journey, share your story. People are championing for you. You're making it look easy, you know." hashtags, beat it like prez. Like, I'm just chilling. I'm in the clubs. I'm doing this, but I'm making it look easy only because I've, I've had the men- mental shift and knowing that God is going to get me through this storm. So then um, I was looking for a name. I was like, because I, I already knew I wanted to host a podcast. I was like, I wanted people to share their stories. I didn't know that was a podcast, but I want people to share their stories. Come on and do that. And, and so one day I was just, you know, looking and it said positive deposits. And I was like, You know, it's so cliche-ish, you know, everybody's like, hey, positive deposits, but that was the name. And I always,
1: yeah, not to cut you off, but I, like, we, we do, we do, I mean, we've done this for so long. And it's always interesting to find uh, how people are so similar in that um, they may be hesitant about telling their story because they may be either too vulnerable or, um, they don't think people can relate, but then when they actually put their story out, they see the you know, outpouring of everybody commenting like, oh my God, that was my journey too, or same or whatever. And
0: exactly. it's like, they open
1: up this dialogue and it's like, yeah, there's people out there that go through the same stuff that like you do. It may not be the exact way that they went through, but hearing these stories of, of just perseverance and redemption and, and just things like that, I think that definitely uplifts people to want to open up about their journey.
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely um positive deposits um, was was born from you trying to start something else but putting it out there that you were going to help cancer survivors so talk to us a little bit about um positive deposits what your you guys your mission statement is and what who are you really targeting for the organization
2: yeah so um positive deposits is you know organization that uh, focuses on you know supporting cancer patients or or survivors through community impact outreach, courageous conversations like the podcast and fundraising uh, to build hope and inspiration as you see right here, this is the logo right and as you see that the person's smiling, but you see the cancer ribbon um, within them, so you can smile about cancer and that's the the hope and inspiration um, th- these colors, the purple is represents uh the stage 4 piece of it. Um and which is uh that's the the color for uh non-hodgkin's lymphoma and as the lime green is for hodgkin's lymphoma. So um, so that this is this is what came out of it, right? Um shout out to corey uh Cory Manning's he uh de- you know created this vision. Um if you need a logo definitely <laughs> you know, like nice little it. plug. Yeah yeah, yeah no nah, he he's very thorough. But um, I wanted I wanted not only people to share their story, which is the courageous, converse, courageous conversations, but I also wanted that community outreach and impact, the things that people you know need to know about cancer, the things that um, can help people live after survivorship. Like, um, I mean, I'll just plug it. You know, we're coming together with live cooking class demonstrations where we'll be actually sending the the participants a little kit with the food that we're going to be cooking you know so they can cook virtually um we we're, we're now developing a fitness program you know where it's mm. meditation and light like a light boot camp so that can stay active and 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 have that exercise but then also to the support groups the support group you know um that's very important because you'll have other fellow survivors being able to just vent and have a safe space um and so those are the things that we're going we're, we're about to launch this year now mind you we just hit our one year anniversary you congratulations say. on that
1: yeah. absolutely
2: so, um but also too the the dope thing is is that we've partnered with the orally uh foundation which is a nonprofit that has a laser technology that can you know after one treatment two weeks it cures, you know, it clears the, the cancerous tumors. Now mind you, they're only doing it on mice. However, we're raising money so that way she can do human clinical trials. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so a lot of people were um were curious to know why I'm doing this. And a lot of people look at me like, what you know about cancer? <laughs> until, I, <laughs> until I tell them like I'm a two-time survivor.
0: Right. Right. Like, wow. So
2: yeah, exactly. Oh, are
0: you going to say something, Jay? I'm sorry.
2: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So, talk to us about this podcast. You know, I hear that you have this super dope producer of the podcast. So, I you know. Tell us about the positive, the positive Tell us about Positive Deposit's podcast. Yeah. Um, we're on... Just tell us about it. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: So, uh, this super duper producer, um, you're probably looking at her on the screen. Um, oh, I, was gonna say, I'm not, I was like, I'm not the producer. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, nah, Jay. I, I saw. I, I see you one time. I was like, Oh no, no. Um, <laughs> like, of course, you have Lauren Ray, Linda, yeah. the, um, the executive producer of the Positive Deposit podcast, where we transform lives and change lives. We
1: do. Um,
2: and um, that podcasting was new for me, you know. And um, Lauren, you're, I'm about to tell you, she's dope. You know, she's been doing this. And I told her, hey, I want to do this. And so uh-huh. he pretty much trained me up. And now I got a, I got a pretty good hang of it now.
0: You know, it's therap- uh, it,
2: gets ther- it gets therapeutic after a while, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And so I wanted the podcast to not only highlight African-Americans, right? Um, I think that some, there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? But there's, cancer has no, no race, right? It uh-huh. comes in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And you'll be surprised how cancer actually breaks down racism. Mm. I um I had the privilege of you know playing on the coaches versus cancer's first ever basketball tournament, and some of my close friends, Mr. Mr. Thomas Cantley, Mr. Balsey, he's, he's from Canada. You know what I mean? Like wow. I would, and because we both had cancer, both have survivors, and having that dialogue and that conversation. It just not only shows unity in cancer, but it allows someone to see, like, I got testicular cancer, stage four. What do I do? Um. Right? I have breast cancer, stage 1A. I got to get a double mastectomy. I have C- CML. I have multiple myeloma. I mean, these are just some of the journeys of, you didn't even know probably those cancers existed. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So now we have, you know, Dr. Hadia Green. We just released her episode, like Martin Luther King, and then we have, you know, Shonda Grisby coming soon, you know, and that's a <laughs> breast oncologist, you know, and and we're not even forget we're not even forgetting about the caregivers. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the most important people too, because they have to go through the journey as well. So the podcast has all different facets, but we've gotten a, a really well response. Where like, I wish I had this when I was going through you know, chemo. Bless you. Know, and, you. you know, and and there's people just coming out the Woolworths like, yo, I want to be a guest. You yeah. Know, I wanna- That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: So I, can I just, I have to say this about the podcast. Um, And doing podcasts now for what, about four or five years of my own podcast. The one thing. That it'll, I-
1: uh, it'll be six years. It'll be six
0: years. <laughs>
1: six
2: years? Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. All right. So six years uh, of doing podcasting, um, I have to admit when we, we, we were talking about the organization and what role that you wanted me to play in the organization. And I, I wanna thank you uh, publicly for um, asking me to be on the board. I've never been on the board of anything before. Um, so it's my first time being on the board of a committee and it's so rewarding. And um, the other board members are great. Shout out to everybody on the positive deposit board. Um, but when we were talking about how we wanted to develop this podcast, I was concerned because talking about cancer is heavy, right? <laughs> and it's just like, does everybody want to keep going to come back to, to listen to this? Because, you know, it's heavy and it's, and it's sad at times. So how do we make it um, different for people? And adding those different factors and not just the survivors, but the caregivers, the doctors, um, other people that have organizations other people of other races and genders and ages has just been a pleasure because especially in the where we are today in society it feels we're so divided let's just be honest right um it's so great to have something where unfortunately it's cancer but it still unites us in a way you know so um it has taught me a lot as well that like everything doesn't have to be about just specifically targeting our community right and i mean i think right now we're all selfish with that like we want we want to help our community we want, and we should right but something like cancer affects everyone so uh-huh. when you're yeah. hearing these people's stories yo it's like i'm on the other end sometimes people can't see me i'm off camera but i'm like in tears because these stories of survival and i'm not just talking about the sad stuff people making it into the other side yeah or, um, it's a great story about how Someone found his family members through because of cancer. That's a great story. Um, Listen to it. It's it's wild. Um, But I appreciate the diversity of the Positive Deposit podcast. And even if you don't have cancer, you weren't a survivor and you know someone, just click on any episode,
1: episode
0: just to hear somebody's, you know, story or just to get more information. Yeah, um, and it, and it's just really, really
1: dope. So, but I, I like not to not to cut you off, but to kind of go off of that. Like I feel like because cancer is is it doesn't discriminate against anybody. I feel like there's a lot of people that have some sort of degree of separation, either one one degree of someone they know or uh, themselves or or some some sort of degree. I mean, I I just feel like with cancer because there's so many different types um that it could affect men women whatever it doesn't matter that people have some sort of connection to it and it having these people like you said having these people come and talk about their their journeys or their stories or these doctors that come and talk about other people's stories or whatever the case may be I feel like a lot of people could relate to that because they're connected somehow some way either to a friend or a family member or a friend of a friend or whatever the case may
2: be no yeah you'll be surprised and i don't know what's going on in america i really don't but i I, i'll get calls about like look man my dad just got to prostate cancer excuse me you know or i just found out like my brother you know has this i just found out a, a business frat brother you know has um it's like a gi uh, Nero, um, it's a different type. Of I didn't even know it existed where she had the tumors on, on the back of her eye. Yo, that, so I'm, yo, that's why you said that. So
1: probably the first, um, experience I ever had with someone close to me was my, my line brother. He had that. It was such a very rare. Hold on. What frat are you in? I was in a, I was in a Latino frat called Gamma Phi Sigma. Yo, and, um, I, y'all, y'all yeah. kind of
2: dope. I seen, I seen, I seen, <laughs> Yeah, sister sorority is pretty
1: dope too, you know. <laughs> we uh <laughs> so long story short, long story short, he he had like a very rare um form of cancer. Um, I think what they said was like there's only like 23 cases like ever or something yeah. like that at that point. And it was right behind his eyes, behind his nose, behind his sinus. And not to get too graphic, but they had to, you know, pr- pretty much make an incision around his, his face, pull his face down, take the tumors out. Put his face back, and he still had to do chemo. Yeah. um He lasted a year after his after his diagnosis, but it was one of the most bizarre things because it, it just felt like something out of a movie. The what the procedure face was. Face off.
2: That looked like yeah. face off. Yeah. Um, and the and the fact that it was so rare, it just didn't it didn't make it didn't seem real. And, and it's crazy you say that because that person you know she, we she's on the podcast she's you know what I mean so that's amazing. What but what was so real and you know maybe Lauren I shouldn't say this but I'm gonna say it is that to be able to see her live in her skin mm. you know eye patch mm-hmm. with the glasses on like I can't wait to, yeah. have,
1: I, but when you I, want
0: to give her story away but they kind of basically told her like this is kind of what it is because we can't remove it right can't remove it though
2: right yeah right. right yeah she's on treatment right. for the rest of her life but one of the realest realest I, I i'm blessed to be able to for people to really come forward and she reached out you know she and others have been reaching out like i would love to be on the podcast you know i've even got a call from germany whoa just just you're just touching lives
1: in inter- you're going uh international international waters man that's amazing
2: I mean, and that's we, what we
0: and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to set out to touch people, not even in just the D.C. area, Baltimore area, Philly area. We wanted it to be all over the place. And that's what we've been able to accomplish. But um, P- positive deposits. The organization has so much stuff going on. We just partnered with Orly. Um, you talked about the fitness program, the cooking program. Um, talk to people how they can get involved and. Yeah. And so donations donation
2: we can keep positive deposits going. Yeah. So um just like Lauren was saying, we we just you know um we had a, a great we have a partnership with um Oral Leaf Foundation. Um so that's two different initiatives. So I just want to be clear because when you go donate on our website, www.positivedeposits.org the first thing is supporting positive deposits now um just like you support American Cancer Society the lymphoma uh leukemia society and all these other societies you know you have folks have the opportunity to support a nonprofit that's owned by a black person that has doing cancer research the same stuff
0: mm-hmm. that
2: American society and all them doing and hey donate all these things but they don't see the results um Orally Foundation is a part of our, um, our affiliate cancer research program. So you'll see that. You'll obviously see our donating for us so we can fulfill those programs that we're going to do. But also, too, if you want to donate to cancer research, we have it right there on our, our, our donation page to the Orally Foundation. That's who we're sponsoring. And I encourage you to sponsor the smaller programs because that's where you'll see the magic happen right Mm -hmm. and at least you know what what the 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 cause is for um so and
0: you can support through the merch too right
2: yes you can support the merch we are we are revamping some of the merch you know so right now that we have our t-shirts and our mugs but we um the merch This some exclusive merch that i'm working on um you know we we got some distributors you know me and lauren been talking about the on-demand piece of it and then we want quality you know i don't want you know but a portion of the, the the merchandise does go to the Oralee Foundation so that's another thing but also too if you got Amazon smile that's you know oh, cool. so if you, we are on the charity list so positive deposits you can if you order from Amazon a lot that 0.05% it goes a long way and so we can For donate sure. there as well yeah that's awesome
0: so it would be remiss if i didn't bring this part up before we close out um a part of your story also is um a lot of people don't know this but when men go through chemo and go through cancer um you guys have you, you risk some reproductive stuff is that correct like uh
2: <laughs> yeah so You're talking um, about like losing sperm no well so so this is the thing right
0: but I, it's, i'm coming to the brighter side of this so go ahead yeah.
2: <laughs> so so when i first started getting chemo in 2012 you know chemotherapy kills your sperm's cell count right and so it is encouraged to freeze your sperm before you start treatment Mm. if you don't the chance of you reproducing is like really 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 slim mind you i didn't so i didn't freeze my sperm reason why it's expensive you know for Mm. you to freeze and hold it and things of that nature so I already went into it like, dang, I may not have kids, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that saves me a check, you know, and and things and <laughs> of that nature. I, can't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I'm like, so no dang,
0: serious I, moment with you at all. I, I can just
2: shoot up the club, you know, whatever. No, but um,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> no, but the so the reason why cancer is a blessing for me is because despite being diagnosed once, despite being diagnosed twice over 40 bags of chemo, right? Um, God placed a beautiful baby girl in my life. And the doctor, yeah, yeah, clap it up. Yeah. Um it up
0: my, my baby.
2: Yes. <laughs> baby, yes <laughs> Nova. baby Nova. And and my oncologist was like, how did that happen? Because right. if you never froze your sperm, you're not, it's hard to have a child. My pro in Kappa, he froze his sperm, so he was able to have a child, but you know, Nova, which means, what an H means, get from God. And and I'm blessed. And she's a health, she's a very healthy baby. You know what I mean? That's and
1: incredible, so, man.
2: So it is possible, but it's through God. So I, I'll say this is like, you know, you hear about the stories in the Bible, the miracles and things of that nature, and it can happen. So I wouldn't ever count it out, but I'm blessed because, you know, um, fatherhood is a, a precious thing. So Congrats, man. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Chris, we want to thank you again for being on the show that's finally. True. So I like, know, right? don't leave me
2: alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean this was awesome, man. Um, and thank you for uh, y'all y'all's platform even in COVID, you know? Like mm-hmm. I know I know y'all um everybody deals with COVID, but this virtual world is space. So yeah. but um yo. We
0: took a hiatus, but we're back, people. We are back. Um, and bringing you more um stories like this like yours presley we have a lot of other stuff coming up just real quick make sure you guys um follow positive deposits on all social media handles um and also go to the website
1: positive.org
0: and hit that donation button um but also check out the podcast as well um it's on all major streaming platforms um and we drop every two weeks and we're on season two right now so you can actually go back and listen to some of um season one stories which i'm trying to tell y'all they're amazing stories there's some incredible stories and lauren
2: they're all on the website so they they can just oh word
0: shoot. yep they can go easy right just
2: yeah all the of functionality way. perfect that's yep. awesome
0: and on youtube as well so you get the visual as well so we want you guys to check that out but um, on top of that, make sure you guys are going to WaterIce.com. We are your scripts and sure. everything Philly. Uh, we have, we know everything that's going on, even in even in uh, quarantine and COVID. <laughs> what you can yeah. and cannot do, we keep you up to date on that. Um, Water Ice has some really cool stuff coming up. Um, really excited to bring to you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even leak some. I can't even leak it, but it's going to be some really good stuff. We are still out here working for sure. So shout out to the Cold Water Ice crew, my girl Farah, Hector, the boss, um, and Jay. Always, we appreciate you being here on the Laundry Live show. Six years, Joe? Really? In
1: um in September, it'll be six years.
0: Sheesh. Six
1: years. <laughs> you said four or five. I was like, nah, man. We're I, know, to I know. I'm
0: starting to <laughs> count. I'm starting to count. So with that being said, we want to thank everybody for sticking around with the Lauren B. Live Show for six years coming up this Absolutely. year. Um, and we are just excited to be back here, even though we're in a virtual world. We knew we were important. We had to bring it to you. Thank you, Presley, again, for being on the show. And until oh, next you. time, everybody, you already know the drill. Not all superheroes wear capes, but sometimes.
1: Sometimes. They They wear wear headphones.
0: headphones. Peace, guys.
1: Peace.